Well, people know the great Sigmund Freud. They know who he is. They know he's the father of psychoanalysis, probably somebody who understands the human mind better than anybody. But you probably never heard of how Sigmund Freud miraculously and narrowly escaped Nazi-controlled Austria, thanks to the help of an eclectic group of friends. And it's all revealed in a powerful new book by our next guest, who's an award-winning journalist, Andrew Nagorski. He spent three decades as an editor and as a writer all over the globe for Newsweek and is a tremendous journalist and tremendous author. And his new book that just came out is a blockbuster, Saving Freud, The Rescuers Who Brought him to freedom. Andrew, thanks so much for being here. Rita, my pleasure. Always great to talk to you. You too, and you and I go way back. We obviously have such a a deep devotion uh, to our beloved Poland with our roots, and you've written a lot about World War II and, and different aspects. This is fascinating. I never really knew the story, so I feel like I'm learning so much, and I know so many of our listeners around the country um, are going to be fascinated with this topic. What drew you? You spent a lot of time, I know, all over the globe and also in Vienna, but what drew you to this piece of history that I think few people really know about? Well, exactly what you're saying, that uh, you and I have, have, have a lot of personal history, a family history related to World War II, pre-war, pre-war Poland, uh, the rise of the Nazis and the implications of all that. So my previous books were usually set in that general area. But when I was thinking about a next book to write, I happened to reading be reading a memoir of an Austrian Jewish writer who was very popular at the beginning of the 20th century. His name was Stefan Zweig. And he mentions briefly that he knew Freud in Vienna, and then in 1934, when Hitler takes power, had us already taken power in neighboring Germany, he realizes that it's time, that Feig realizes it's time to get out. But, but then doesn't mention Freud again until 1938, after Hitler has taken over Austria, and Freud resurfaces as an old man in London. And, and, and he mentions that he just barely got out. And I'm saying, how did that happen? I mean, as you say, here's a guy who knew so much about human nature, who was so intuitive, and yet he almost failed to get out. And then I began exploring that whole story and discovered this incredible group of friends around him who pulled off what was an amazing operation to get him out and his family out. And I just became wrapped up in that story, and it just propelled me. I felt that it was... It was just so fascinating, and, and just, you know, Freud is such an iconic personality. You think you know everything about him, but I, I certainly didn't. I think most readers will discover that there'll be whole new aspects of Freud, his personality, and his personal story that they'll discover in this book. Absolutely. And, and so take us through this, Andrew, because he's, what, he's 81, right? And here he is. He's ill with cancer. And he doesn't believe, as many people didn't at that time, um, that, you know, that the Nazis would take over. So what, you know, it's amazing. Here's the most, probably one of the most brilliant men ever in history. And he's not reading the tea leaves. What, what do you think we learned from him? And tell us about this, some of the tea leaves that finally convinced him what it was uh, a Gestapo, right, called him in to called on him at his apartment? Well, it was all of that. It was 
Well, first of all, you have to, as you mentioned, he was he was up there in age. He had he had uh, cancer of the jaw from his famous cigar smoking, which he refused to give up. And so he had thought, oh, I can live out the rest of my life in Vienna. And he was a man of great habit. He, he really loved Vienna, the whole atmosphere of Vienna before it was taken over. It was a very multicultural, multilingual place. Uh, and, and, and he had his set routines. But, and he thought, well, Austria had its own form of fascism, but they were trying to keep the Nazis out. He thought maybe they'll succeed. Of course, that proved to be an illusion. And then suddenly, there, there, Hitler just declares, Austria is ours. It's being eliminated from the map. It's going to be part of my Third Reich. And and German troops arrive in Vienna, and they and Hitler arrives and, and gives a speech, literally just just a, sh- a short walk away from Freud's apartment. And, and and the place is going crazy. There are anti-Semites who are attacking Jews on the street. And even then, Freud is still hesitating and saying, well, maybe, maybe I can ride it out. But then the Gestapo, the, these Nazi thugs come, invade his apartment, invade the publishing house of, the, of, his, of his psychological press. And most importantly, they take away his youngest daughter, Anna, who is the one who is closest to him, who stuck with him, who was a psychologist herself. And the, the Gestapo took her away, and he was terrified. And when she was finally released, he felt, he said, there's no way. We, I, my, you know, my Martha, my, his wife, and I, and he did not have long to live, maybe, but Anna should have a long life ahead of her. And so for that reason, he finally realized he's got to get out. But by that time, many Jews could not get out. So the story of the book is how his friends mobilize and, and figure out a way to get him out. Very quickly, I don't want you to give away the whole book, but a little bit of a tease of just how difficult and how extraordinary it was uh, to get out the great Sigmund Freud um, right there, you know, as we're at the beginning of World War II. Yes, it's not quite yet yeah, at the beginning. It's, it's 38. The war would start a little bit over a year later, but Hitler's on the march. He's already, you know, he's already uh, expanding his empire, and, he, and he's getting ready for the war. And so they are, he suddenly, he, when he marches into Austria, he assigns these Nazi officials to the top Jewish families in Vienna, the ones who are considered rich and the ones that they can be extorted for basically strip them of their wealth, and then it's unclear still, it's, it's before the Holocaust, what will happen? Will they kill these people? Will they let them go? And, and it's at this point that, first of all, when they come in, Martha Freud, his wife, says to, has a presence of mind to say to the, to, the, to the thugs coming in, he said, oh, won't the gentleman come in? Won't you put your guns in the umbrella stand? And oh, by the way, here we have some money won't you help yourself? So it's, it's, it's this improvised horror that's going on. And, and, it, and it takes these friends, including someone like Marie Bonaparte, who was this remarkable woman whose great, great, who's great uncle was Napoleon Bonaparte. And she was, uh, she was also, she had married into the Greek and a royal family and had a lot of money to help raise the money to essentially pay the bribes that the, that the Germans demanded, and then 
And then there was a question of where do they go? Where do the Freuds go? Because by this point, already many, many countries did not want to accept Jews fleeing from from the Nazis. Yeah, it's stunning uh, time because, as you point out, it's sort of the buildup to it, um, which, of course, you know, we know all too well what happened soon after that. Take us to modern times, too, because I think there's a really powerful message. And everybody, we're talking to the award-winning journalist, Andrew Nagorski, who has another amazing book out. What a fascinating story about Sigmund Freud escaping narrowly from his home of Nazi-controlled Austria, uh, living out his final days in London, finally in freedom. And that's why the book is called Saving Freud, The Rescuers Who Brought Him to Freedom. I think about now what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. Um, what sort of the modern day message because there's a lot of it in there i think you know it's it's always hard to draw direct parallels parallels but I, but i think one of the messages is that when an extremist leader someone like hitler and i would now and i, and I think putin has proven this too that he begins talking about empire about conquest about you know hitler said that Austria is not at all an estate. It's just a province of Germany. He determined to make it that. He, he said uh, Czechoslovakia was not really a state, and he took the Sudetenland. And just like Putin for a long time has been saying, Ukraine, oh, it's not really a country. This was all the Russian Empire. And a lot of people said, oh, that's just rhetoric. Well, you better treat the rhetoric of people like that seriously, and because if, if you don't, they're li- liable to act on it and surprise you and better be prepared. And then you've got to push back with every, all the strength you have and have the courage to stand up for your convictions. Because if you think you can just say, oh, let them take a little bit and then uh, they'll be satisfied. No, it never happens that way. They're like classic bullies. They'll keep pushing until they're stopped. One thousand percent. And, you know, sometimes it's insidious. You know, sometimes it's not even as obvious to the most brilliant people in the world, uh, like Sigmund Freud, you know. Yeah, Freud, I came to really find him to be a a very, yeah, his image is a very stern and and, and, and almost off-putting person. When I, I came to, I felt I came to know him through all the documents, letters I read, he was very human. He had a sense, a very a sardonic sense of humor. He, uh, but he was human, and he also had human fallibilities. And like all of us, I think, when we're faced with situations that almost defy belief, we want to think, oh, this really won't change. We don't really have to change our lives. But there are moments when we all have to change our lives and realize that the world around us has changed. And that's the toughest moment, I think, in anyone's lifetime. Wow, what a powerful book, everybody. It is called Saving Freud, The Rescuers Who Brought Him to Freedom. Uh, it is, it's like a spy novel, I think. It reads so amazing. It's riveting. It's fascinating. And it shares a really, I think, little-known part of history of this incredible man, Sigmund Freud, who we know so much about, but we don't know a lot about that moment and it is so timely. And Andrew Nagorski, great to have you on. I want to make sure everybody also, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble's everywhere. You can also go to andrewnagorski.com to get the book. And it could not be more timely and more pertinent, I think, to what's happening today. Andrew, congratulations, and thank you for sharing this amazing story with all of us. 
Thank you so much, Rita. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 